0: Blog Talk Radio.
1: All right, everybody, welcome to the SVP once again. Um, we are back, or well, I am back. Um, Mike Smith's not with me today, Source, uh, he ain't a superhero guy, so uh, he wasn't going to join this uh, particular podcast, but we got my main man, Juwan, sports bar podcast group member, also big dog over at Geek Vibes. What's up, brother?
0: What's, what's going on? I, I wish Mike was into superhero movies um, uh, like we were. It'd be lo- It it'd definitely be a lot of fun to, to have him on, but uh, I'm definitely excited to be here.
1: Man, glad to have you, glad to have you. And I've been thinking about doing this for a minute, but I, I waited it out. I've been mad busy, and um, I see a lot of other folks been getting their podcasts up, their discussions up, so I said, look, it's time, man, it's time. Shout out to Ricky Chavis in the group, though. Rick, Rick just hit us up on the page talking about, man, you need to wait a little bit. Nah, no, brother, I can't, I can't do that, bro. I can't do that. <laughs> what we need you to do, my brother, is get to the movie theater and check it out. That's what we need you to do. It's
0: so my dude, 100%. Ricky Chavis, no
1: doubt. Yeah. We want show him some slack, though, Juwan. We'll give him some slack. He's a Knicks fan. So I'm going to give him a little slack. Oh, you know okay. what I'm saying? So Yeah, yeah. He, he good. He good. If you want a Knicks fan, yeah, he i eat him up. Good. But, yeah. But, Rick, you need to get (laughs) to moving, bro. (laughs) Get through the movie theater, man. And, look, we're letting everybody know off the top. If you're listening now or if you end up listening later after this uh, recording, we are without a doubt talking about it all, so there will be spoilers. So we're giving you just a few seconds here and there to get yourself together, log off, whatever, unless you just want to know, because there will be spoilers. The non-spoiler stuff is done, so we're going to put it out there. So get off the Internet right now if you don't want to know what happened, if you ain't, you know, if you ain't already heard what happened. Uh, if you heard, you just want to go ahead and go through it, let's do that too. But it is what it is, man. So, Juwan, let's go ahead and start yourself, man, off top. Movie, Avengers Endgame. What was your impressions of the movie, man?
0: Um, I, I, I really enjoyed it. I got to see it like three, four, five times. Um, at three hours apiece, it was tiring. Um, but I, 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 did definitely enjoy this movie. I, um, I do see a lot of people that feel as though it was, um, a slow beginning. Uh, I agree. Um, me as a fan, to me, excuse me, um, I felt like this was a sequel to Infinity Wars. As much as the Russo brothers tried to say that it was two separate movies, um, it ultimately was the sequel. And to me, I never need my sequel to have more story than it does action. Um, so that put me off a bit. Um, I don't usually look for my superhero movies that have story, uh, that much story anyway. Um, so I could understand people being put off a little bit by that. Um, the in- I won't say the entire, but a good portion of the beginning, you could have left, got got something to drink, got popcorn, came back. You really wouldn't have missed anything that would have put you out of knowing what was going on. Um, I also wasn't uh, a fan of of five years later. Um, The reason why I wasn't a fan of it going five years later is because um, you didn't show any difference of the city. The city looked um, as if it had just gotten snapped. It didn't really look to be much of of improvement. Um, You know, just like it didn't look like life was being lived. Um, At all And I guess that was the point of them saying It took five years for them to really um, Decide to move forward I kind of feel like that's way too much time Um, Way, way, way too much time I felt like five months later Would have made more sense um, Than doing five full years Um, But I I mean If we're talking just moving in whole The third act uh, Well when they actually started time traveling And then that final act um, where we see everyone come back and stuff like that, Uh, it's what definitely made this movie, because at the beginning, I'm like, this is like a three. Um, And and it felt weird me saying that, but once we started time traveling and got to that final act, I was like, you know what? This movie is is nine and a half out of 10. Um, It was worth the hype. Um, And I'm really glad that they did what they did in that second half of of the movie, um, because it paid off of us having to watch 22 movies worth of a journey mm-hmm. in a year. Um, so, yeah, I kind of felt like it was a great payoff, but I did have a few more issues, but I feel like if I don't stop now, I'll just keep going. Uh, so that! <laughs> to you. Um, yeah.
1: Yeah, well, I'm sure we'll probably get to some of the stuff you may have an issue with. I have a few small issues as well, but, Overall, I loved the movie. I had tickets. Um, I had planned to see it three times um, in the first weekend. Um, that didn't happen. I saw it twice. I ended up not going the third chance that I had. I got tired of doing some other things, and I was tired. But I saw it, of course, Thursday night um, at a uh, 8 p.m. showing. And then I turned around a few hours later and went to a 12 p.m. showing that Friday. So um, it was pretty fresh. And when I noticed... Um, two different types of crowds of course um you got the night crowd There was probably a lot of uh, marvel movie fans in there a lot of uh you know the uh younger generation in the movie theater so there was a lot of clapping um a lot of of course a lot of some, some tears in there um you know a lot of cheering in the movie that was on the first night the second day that i went to see it it was a little more quiet, even during the scenes that you expected to hear some, you know, some cheering and clapping and things. Um, There was a little bit of an older crowd. You can think about it, about 12 p.m. on a Friday, you know, kids and stuff are probably in high school or college or wherever they are. So there was a few uh, senior citizens in there. (laughs) And... um, and uh, quite a few actually we were sitting pretty much right between um on one end of us there was a, a senior citizen couple and to the right of us a few seats over there was a uh, two gentlemen um were senior citizens and i couldn't really scan the crowd in the back but uh, from what i could see um you know you're probably looking at easily probably you know 55 60 and up so but i think uh, both nights both parties actually loved the movie um I will admit, and some of this will come out as we go through these scenes, I liked it. Not that I didn't like it when I first saw it, but I liked it a lot better the next day uh, when I saw it. So, um, and I noticed a couple things that I missed, and some of it it wasn't just something I missed. It's just when I saw it again, I had a different perspective and a different understanding of either what was trying to be done or what they portrayed or, or some things that, you know, I just gave a little slack for it. Um, but yeah, man. Um, a lot of people don't know Avengers Endgame. Actually, there was an Avengers comic that was Avengers Endgame. I think it was Avengers 71. Was back in 1969. Um, different, you know, not just same story, different plot plotline, some different characters in there that n- have never been in Marvel yet. Um, you know, Kane the Conqueror, Black Knight. Um, well, we've seen the Human Torch, but um, in in in, um, in movies. But you know, he, he's there, and there's some other people, but. Totally different, totally different. This movie, is something that stood out on its own, nothing like the comic books. So when we get first, first thing we see, man, when this thing gets started, we see Hawkeye out there with his family, out there. Uh, he's got his daughter, she's out there, and they're, they're practicing archery. Um, he's got his wife and his other kid are over there. You know, they're um, and they're making hot dogs or whatever. And I like the way they started out with this. You know, there was no no music, there was no introduction to the movie we just went straight into it and it was such a crisp uh you know move in I thought it was like another trailer coming on
0: yeah definitely
1: it it definitely felt like that excuse me and
0: and it kind of was one of those starts to where it's it let you know that you were in for a very sad ride um and yeah. i kind of felt like uh i was saying this when we were doing our review i was saying how it kind of felt like they were building hawkeye up again to kill him like they did in age of Ultron. Um, cuz they walked us through his family they walked us through like why you should care that he could possibly die and stuff like that he was expecting a kid um and it was one of those things where it kind of felt like what if this doesn't work um you know like we see Hawkeye be the one that that bites the bullet. Um, And I got angry because I'm like, you did it again. Like Last time you built it up, then killed someone we didn't really care about in in, um, uh, Pietro, and now you did it to where it was like, you could have built up Black Widow a lot more, so that hurt us more. Um, Because I just, I don't, like, I get feeling their relationship, their brother-sister relationship. I get that aspect, but I kind of felt like you've done nothing to the Black Widow character for that to hurt me. Um, And and that's why I thought the beginning of this movie was building towards um, we could possibly see the end of Clint. Um, So it was just really interesting to see where they went with it because that beginning completely threw me off.
1: Yeah, and I think you're not the only one. I think a lot of folks thought that the way this thing started out, especially when his family got snapped away, that – yeah, they are definitely building up for him to be somebody that dies. And, you know, we never know what to expect from the DeRusso. They show us a lot of things in the trailers. Sometimes they don't make it to the movies. Sometimes it's just to throw you off a little bit. So when they were, you know, talking about him, and we saw the scenes of him, you know, becoming uh, Ronan and all that, I was wondering how much of that could have been a throw-off. Like maybe we saw him, you know, being Ronan in, in, in the past or something like that, but I definitely saw it. I definitely thought that they were setting him up to die once I saw this one, and um, but I, th- I think they did a good job with it. As far as at least you know, the, the second time I saw it, I said, you know what? Um, and I, of course, I knew what was going to happen, or what happened, or what didn't happen. By then, I said, you know what? They're giving him some justice. Everybody's been wondering where he's been. Um, folks who don't really follow the comics notice we didn't see him in the last movie. So, to start off with him, and the kind of the way they dragged him through oh, i to say dragged him through it brought him through the movie i was an i was appreciative of a lot of it, and mainly because if you think about it um everything that happened with him, he really you can really say that he lost the most i mean, there are some other people in the movie that lost a lot, Thor lost a lot. Um, you know, a lot of people lost a lot, but he, if you really think about it through the crush thing, you can definitely argue that Hawkeye lost more, or at least just as much as anybody in in the film.
0: Yeah, I think, I think the only somewhat difference is that um, Cap's loss of Peggy, Stark's loss of his, his dad and his mother, Thor's loss of his dad and his mother, and technically his brother, um, they were all permanent. Um, like at least Hawkeye got back um, his, you know, or right. had the ability to get back his family. Um, that was a taboo of like Stark couldn't warn his dad about, you know, the Winter Soldier was gonna kill him a few years from from then. Um, Cap couldn't take Peggy with him or or do something different so he doesn't become Cap so he could stay with her. Thor um, couldn't warn his mother um, and his father of the of the the doom that was coming. So it was more it was more so of those three lost the, the most to me because they had to revisit everyone that they lost, knowing that even though they mm. have the ability to bring them back, they couldn't bring them back. Um at least Hawkeye knew that he had a fighting chance to possibly bring his family back and it wouldn't change anything. Man,
1: that's that's a deep perspective right there. And I I hadn't even thought about that. And that is a great point that these folks got a chance to actually, at some point or another, see the person or you know, the people that they lost, lost throughout the film, and that's just something I never looked at. But now that I think about it, you're absolutely right. That's deep. That's deep. Um, then we move on a little bit, man, once we get past him, and uh, we kind of get to the scene that we have been seeing um, throughout the trailers, and uh, that's with Tony and uh, Nebula, and he's out there just floating around in space. Uh, pretty much near death, uh, very little oxygen left. And he's recording messages, of course, um, just in case he doesn't make it. I don't think he even believes that he's going to make it at this point. And we see this right at, you know, right at the probably his uh, his final, maybe hour or two or whatever he had left. Uh, you know, he's, he's passed out. Nebula helps him, puts him in a chair. And we see this spark of light, and all of a sudden it's, it's Captain Marvel. And Captain Marvel saves him. And flies them back down to Earth into the Avengers. What do you think about that scene?
0: Um, I wasn't a fan of it, um, mainly because I thought it was too neat how Captain Marvel had just because if think of it like this, and this is why I say um, continuity and the idea of when they were able to film things. Because remember, Endgame was filmed before Captain uh, Captain Marvel, so that's why that True. that in that end credit isn't in the actual movie. Um, And what's bothersome about that is um, your timeline is messed up. Because if you're saying um, that she showed up maybe a few hours to maybe a day after um, the events of the snap, then I would tell you Tony had specifically said it had been a few days to, I think, a week. I don't think he said any longer than, than a week. Um, so then your timeline is, is all messed up. Like how, so, and then people are saying like, well, she went down there. She, you know, she talked to Cap and then, then, uh, Rocket was probably saying how like he thinks Nebula and Tony are lost somewhere in space. So she went to find them to me. I shouldn't have to, I shouldn't have to create that illusion. The story should give me that answer. And it didn't, it was just kind of like, Oh, Tony's about to die. Who else could save him? Boom the lady that just happens to be in space around the same area. Um, so that was bothersome to me. Excuse me. Because it was just too neat. It was like, all right, come on. Really? She just happened? Like she was flying through space and just happened to to land across, like, Tony's ships? It, just, it was too neat for me, and I think I would have preferred if um, Tony used the last bit of the arc reactor juice that he had <clears throat> in his chest, like the last little bit of juice, to send a message right. to – to earth and they got it Um, and Mm. they were able to fly out there and rescue them um, rather than captain Marvel uh, being able to do, or they were able to send a distress signal. Um, Like remember in infinity war, it starts with the Asgardians sending out a distress signal that the guardians later pick up and then find Thor. So if they did something like that, like they put out a distress signal, captain Marvel kind of got, um, you know, kind of caught it, and then she was able to go save them. To me, that you that you could have answered in dialogue, like when she landed, um, they could have been like, "How did you like? How did you find Tony?" And she was like, "He put out a distress signal that I was able to pick up." Um, just very quickly answer that in dialogue, and I'm like, "Okay, you know what? That's good. I'm I'm cool with that." Um, but to just make it seem like she had just been, like she just happened to fly by and like saw him and was like, "Oh, let me let me pick these people up." To me, it was just too neat.
1: That was one of the questions actually Somebody had in inboxed me. Actually, was wondering what was asked me. What would probably be our theories on how she actually found Tony and Nebula? And I thought about this for a while, and I really didn't have a definitive answer. That I kind of came up with, and I wondered. And I don't know what you think about this, but remember later in the movie when she mentions. Uh, well, I think she mentions it actually a couple of times that there's, you know, all these other planets out there that she has to, you know, pretty much help, watch over and protect. Uh, I don't know. I'm, I'm wondering that what they could possibly say that maybe she found out. Of course, I mean, you don't like the theory. She just happened to be on her way through space. <laughs> so, and, you know, but maybe she was on her way to another planet and found her. Or maybe, uh, could it be that maybe on another planet somewhere, where had gotten out of what happened, and then she went out to look. I don't know, man. I really don't have an answer for that one. But that was one of the questions that was asked to me. So it's funny that you, yeah, you I mean, that uh, you said what you said.
0: I it just it, it's frustrating cuz it's like like picture if, if you know someone like a, a friend of yours is just stranded, right? Like stranded in the middle of like the road on like the the weirdest place um in right. somewhere in Virginia, right? And then it's just mm-hmm. like you just happen to drive by him. Like the weirdest place for him to be in that moment, you just happen to drive by. And it's like right. life doesn't really ever work like that, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? <laughs> um, so to me, it, it just I, I get the idea of she had just been, like, you know, trying to protect other planets, make sure everyone was, was okay. But Titan is Thanos' home. So I assume that planet isn't that close to any other planet. Because if it is, you would assume a lot of people would have seen the battle that was going on. Because remember, from where Titan is, he took another planet and threw it at Tony. So it's like, you yeah. crushed. Whatever planet that was, that was closest to him. So it's like, it's not even like, it's Earth, and, you know, Tony and them had happened to be on the moon. So it was like, on her way to Earth, she saw it like, by the moon, and then res- rescued them. Like, to me, it's just, it's <laughs> me, and it's, it's one of those things that people tell me, like, I overthink, but to me, it's like, don't think because you give me all the things that I, I want to see, and, and the cool shots, that I don't pay attention to logic. And even though this is a superhero movie, that's that's not logical. Uh, and that did bother me.
1: She, well, she like, I'm I'm Captain Marvel, damn it. That's how I found him. Now, uh, <laughs> gonna, y'all you going to respect me. Yeah, but speaking of her, man, like she's, she's catching a lot of flack, a lot of backlash, and, of course, not just before her movie because of comments that were said, and after her movie, and i'm I'm continuing to see comments about her now, even after endgame people don't like her character uh that she's too bland um, I'll tell people hello as far as the bland part then um if you and i'm not telling you had to but if you ever read any of her comics she's not that exciting of a character i mean i i i mean I don't have anything against her I like the character, but she's she'll never end up anywhere near any of my favorites but you know a lot of people are just throwing up comments about it, and it seems like to me they may have a, a uphill battle uh, to get folks to accept her the way that Marvel's going to want her to be accepted. Um, so, what, what are your thoughts on that? And, and you know, do you like her? Um,
0: well, Brie Larson was nowhere near my list of actresses to portray this character. My first and only casting for this. Uh, for that role with Charlize Theron. Um, I thought she was mm. perfect. She was perfect in every essence of the word to carry on being Captain Marvel. But I get it. You wanted someone a bit younger that could issue in a new era. I get it. I I, I was fine with it. Then I heard like Lee Larson had won an Oscar. So I was kind of like, all right, well, you know, there's more merit to her name. Um, So I I grew okay with it. Now, uh, fast forwarding to the movie, I enjoyed the movie. Did I think it was the best MCU movie? Nowhere near. I thought this movie felt rushed. And the biggest comparison I had was I felt like this movie was purely made to get you to understand Endgame and why she was in it. Um, You know, and Mm. last year, Black Panther felt like a completely separated movie that if you didn't know that character till so you got to the end credit scene where you saw Bucky, you didn't know, you know, obviously, in, unless you were a fan of the comic, that the character was connected to the world. It just felt different than any other Marvel movie. Um, hers kind of just felt like they just forced it so you could understand why she's in, why she's in Endgame. Um, but as far as her personality... I don't get what people are upset about. I, I read Captain Marvel comic. She's not that interesting uh-huh. of, of a person outside of her power set. So to me, when people are like, you know, she's not happy enough and, you know, she, she takes it too. I'm like, I don't know what you guys were expecting Captain Marvel to be, um, <laughs> you know, outside of what Brie Larson has done with it. But under no circumstances was I a huge fan of that casting because, again, Charlize Theron was my pick. Um, to being Captain Marvel, She'd I honestly, too. she would have been perfect. She a hundred percent would have been perfect. Um, but yeah, I, I will definitely be the uh, first in line to see the sequel to Captain Marvel. Um, see where they go with this story, and I know we'll probably get to it, but I just throw it in, uh, you know, because it has to do with the character. I love her new haircut. I feel like it gives her a new dimension. Uh, I I love seeing her get the more comic-accurate haircut um, in the newer tellings of Captain Marvel that we've seen. Um, So I was a huge fan of that. So, no, I I personally don't understand or get the hate that um, Brie Larson gets because they don't hate the character. They just really seem to hate Brie Larson.
1: I think that's what it is for the most part. I I definitely think that's what it is. They just hate Brie Larson. Now, you will have some people who are not – Uh, Really, real comic book oriented and may have seen a lot of the Marvel movies. And yeah, they'll form their own opinions without knowing certain things. But I definitely think a lot of it is just hate towards uh, Brie Larson. And I do think when they made this movie, they anticipated certain things. Um, In my opinion, that's why we got some of the lines that we got in the movie. Like when she says, uh, when she's talking to them and they're asking, like, "In, in all this going on, where have you been? And she's like, well, every planet doesn't have you guys. Um, I, I took that as kind of, kind of easing her in and, and bringing her in to show everybody that, hey, you know, she is a likable person. She, she's not that, you know, that that snobby, you know, that snobby bad She's not the person that she's probably going to be made out to be. We know it's going to be hard ushering her into. Uh, this superhero team, as a new person, especially after you've had all these heroes for all these years. And I do think um, they did that not only to explain where she's been in the middle of a while everything has been going on, but also to try to ease her in just a little bit, you know, that, you know, she's going to play the game fairly. She's not there to take over. Yeah,
0: I, I will say this, though. Uh, if you watch Brie Larson, like interviews and stuff, um, she doesn't seem, and I think this is what people are going off of. She doesn't seem to have the same level of enthusiasm that the rest mm-hmm. of the cast usually does. Um, but what I always tell people is watch Chadwick Bozeman's interviews. He's very calm, cool, collected. He doesn't really give you much. Um, like, I mean, her mm. laugh, of course, and stuff like that, but he doesn't give you much. Um, and that's what I feel about Brie Larson. Like, I've seen a few interviews where she's super enthusiastic, she's laughing, she's joking. Um, and then there's some where she's just answering your questions. And I've seen Chadwick have a few of those. I've even seen Denai Guerrero have a few of those. Um, so mm-hmm. is, she, is she as jumping off the screen as Evans, Downey, and Hemsworth? No, but they've also been doing this for like 10 to 12 years um I, I I don't hold anything against her. I will say the plot of Captain Marvel didn't help because she was like this brain dead um like walking zombie, like she kind of just seemed like they weren't allowed to have emotions, they weren't allowed to have anything like that. So she was kind of just droll um and I don't think it helped that her actual personality matches that that um <clears throat> that idea. So that combination, I think, wasn't the best, but I I trust Kevin Feige, and I know he'll find a way to make her more marketable to the people who just refuse to see her as um you know as as their leader going forward of of the new Avengers.
1: Yeah, I trust him too, and that's something I thought about. I definitely think that's going to happen. Um, she's commented, man, she wants a all women Marvel movie. Movie um, is the world ready for that?
0: Um. Yes, uh, and the reason why I think they're ready for that is I don't want to get too far ahead of myself, but the um the end battle, where uh where they kind of go, how is mm-hmm. you know, Peter kind of goes like how how is she going to get through through all that and you see all the yep. women come forward. Um, I think that was very much Kevin Feige's idea to kind of kind of feel out and see if people were ready for it, and I remember all the times that I saw it, everyone was was going crazy. They loved the uh the the idea of the all women's Avengers team. Um and look, I mean, as much as people hated Brie Larson and Captain Marvel, it still made a crap <laughs> load of money. So it's like someone saw it in order for it to make all this money. So um that's why I always say all, all the hate that people give um positivity does outweigh it. And and that's the that right there is a the perfect um example. It got hate so much hate, but still made a crap load of money. So, obviously, someone was seeing it.
1: Hating all the way to the bank. Hey, I, think, I think they did a good job, though, a good job all in all with her. Because when I took my son, um, you know, my son Chris, uh, I took him when we went to see Captain Marvel. Because I always tell him about Captain Marvel, especially after we learned that she was coming to the MCU. <laughs> and I tell him how powerful she, the powerful she was and the things that she could do. He finally got a chance to see her on screen. So when the movie was over and we were going to the car, he says, I said, so what do you think? She's powerful, like I told you. He said, man, yes, she is. He says, the only thing I hope, Dad, is that she doesn't come into Endgame and just comes in there, you know, she's there, whips Thanos, and gets out. You know, it's probably going to make the movie boring. Um, You know, if she just does that, because she's just so powerful. And fortunately, we both agreed when this movie was over, I think that they played her perfectly. You know, they got her in right at the right parts of the movie. They let her do just enough. Uh, they showed We saw later in the movie just how powerful she really is when she battled, uh, when she was going toe-to-toe with Thanos, and then, of course, what she did to, uh, you know, during the battle. But I think they did just enough not to have her come in and just, uh, you know, with all her powers and just overpower and take over the movie.
0: See, I I actually wanted that. Um, mainly because I kind of felt like I kind of felt like the movie Captain Marvel was setting up for her to have um, a huge impact in Endgame and I kind of felt like outside of like two lines and maybe two scenes I didn't see her at all Um, and I was having this argument amongst my my Geek Vibes team Um, I was telling them T'Challa meant way more to Infinity War than Captain Marvel did to Endgame Um, and not just Mm. because the, uh, well, no, purely because the end battle took place in Wakanda. Um, and, and I was trying to make the, the point of you take T'Challa out, they don't have Wakanda. Now they have to fight that battle on the streets with people around. You take Captain right. Marvel out of Endgame, it changes nothing. Um, literally nothing changes. Um, you could say, like, she gave them time to, to get the gauntlet. But remember, Thanos got the gauntlet after knocking her out. So um, to, to me, and again, the, the whole thing of Tony being saved in space, you could have easily sent a distress signal that Rocket picked up and then flew out there and, and rescued them. So to me, there's nothing she did that you needed her in that movie. Um, T'Challa, no, you needed him in Infinity War. Um, and let's not forget that, that's, that scene of him um, saying, get this man a shield. Then the scene of him lining all of Wakanda up with the war cry. <clears throat>
1: Excuse
0: me. Then Love him that. running, him and Cap racing each other to the, to the bad guys. Um, and then T'Challa's famous line at the end that I think is underrated as far as lines in that movie. Um, Get up. This is not a place to die. I'm paraphrasing. That's not his exact word. Uh, this is right, no place right. to die. Only for him to then die. Like That was so poetic. Um, but to me, T'Challa meant so much to I'd say the second half of that movie, um, mainly because again his territory is what they used because th- there weren't any innocents there you had to worry about dying. Um, but yeah, I kind of felt like Captain Marvel left no mark to me in this movie whatsoever, um, which is weird because I personally always wanted T'Challa to fill in for the billionaire, um, the billionaire leader. Um, and I was fine mm-hmm. with Captain Marvel being what Captain America was, um, which was the guy who was co-leading with Tony. Um, but you telling me Captain Marvel is the one steering the ship going forward, I would tell you, if I wasn't a fan of Captain Marvel, game did you no know justice um, to the characters. So I, I kind of just think you could have come a lot harder um, than you did. Like, I would have been fine if um, – like, picture when Cap, when Cap was knocked down, he had half his shield. I would have loved it if mm-hmm. Captain Marvel made her appearance there and started taking out, like, half that army. Um, and then, of course, Thanos took her down, and then you had everyone else come out. I just think she needed a bigger stand than the one that she got. I
1: don't know. We, we probably disagree on that a little bit. I I, I kind of like the way they did it. Like I say, you know, we, we talked about earlier, um, well, we talked about um, – you know, how powerful she was. We think about the scene that we're going into next, basically when they get, you know, they decide they're going to go after uh, Thanos again after they, you know, figured out where he was and, and they get down there. And when she comes in there, she just comes straight at Thanos. And granted granted Thanos is weakened um, by what happened to the stones. We already find out that he tells them that, Hey, look, um, I don't have the stones anymore. I use the stones to get rid of the stones. So it's in a weakened state. So I thought it was pretty cool the way she came, busting and then grabbed him. Uh, basically, had him in the uh, headlock or full Nelson or whatever. And the you know, show, she was pretty powerful there. And once again, I will say Thanos was in a weakened state, but she, she had him there. And then also later in the movie, I think they showed just how powerful she was and how you know how badass she was during the battle scenes. Yeah, but you know, you know, we look at it two different ways. But in that, but in that particular scene, though, man. Um. It kind of gets to a point that I understood because I've seen it in the comics, but I kind of didn't like it in the movie. And I know what they were going. And there was a point when they showed your boy Thanos out there going through the garden or whatever. You know, like we do find out in the, in the in the you know at the end of it was the offended uh, Gauntlet that um, after all said and done he ends up um, becoming like what a farmer or whatever. Um, and he's going on just, you know, managing his business or whatever, but I kind of would have taken that part out of it. Uh, I guess. I can't picture that big dude going through the garden like that, man. I just can't picture it, man.
0: No, I, I don't disagree with you. We know that that was instrumental, well, not instrumental, but that was iconic from the comics, Um, the Scarecrow costume and then him going yeah. for it. That was in the comics. Um, But to me, I think it was just for them to show people who have never read those comics that we did um, what he was doing in the course of five years. Um, Because I know if you went right into, swooped in and started fighting him, I'd be like, what was this dude doing for five years? So I kind of understand that.
1: I mean, but I'd have been better, like, say he was... man, you might laugh. I'd have felt better if they just showed him on a tractor. So, like, you know, just him walking through there with a, you know, with the little basket of a picking up the, whatever, fruit or whatever it was he was picking up, just sauntering through there, just kind of, I knew what they were getting at, but it was kind of weak to me. And you show me that him out on the farm, and granted, I know that he's, you know, he's kind of messed up on what happened with the Effendi Stones, but maybe even with one arm, if he's out there hammering something or something like that, I'm cool with it. But him just going through the little farm and that little basket, he just I don't know. It seemed kind of seemed like something I'd seen in a children's book. So I, I could have done without that. Me, you know, for me, but it, it is what it is. I, <laughs> I mean,
0: I, I don't. I, I see where you're coming from. To me, it wasn't. Um, it wasn't something I necessarily needed. But again, I could see it for, um, you know, people who don't know the comics. Mainly because remember, at the end of Infinity War, he had looked at peace. Um, so I mean, you would assume if you have your own planet, you'd have to then go get your own fruit, your own vegetables, cook yourself. True. Um, I, I, I get it. I get you saying like, um Santos had the, the full look of um of uh the single the single bachelor, uh, who had, like has to cook for himself, go get his own stuff stuff like that. Um I, I get it. I, I didn't necessarily need it. It could have been a deleted scene, but I, I'm saying I do somewhat understand why it was put in there. Mainly for the the um, the historic significance of that being what we actually got in the comics.
1: True indeed, true indeed. So through the struggle, they go through all of that when um, they find out everything that happened. They think pretty much everything is done, all is lost at this point. Thor loses it, chops the man's head off. So Thanos is done at this point, and um, and that pretty much just ends it. That you know ends it ends that segment of everything. So when we fast forward to you know a little bit later, I'm going to go to uh, Black Widow. Um, of course, she's running things. she's basically um, in charge for the most part, and she's sitting there, um, and she's talking to you know some of the remaining folks um, that are out there finally checking in with her, uh, seeing how things are going. You know she's got a war machine there, um, she's got a Koye there, um, she's got a rocket, and who am I forgetting? Um, It was somebody else. War Machine, Uh, Rocket,
0: uh, Captain Marvel, Okoye.
1: Yeah. Yeah, it was just those four, I believe. Um, And she's talking to them, and she's having a conversation. And I'm going to go ahead and jump right to this. When she's asking all of them about, you know, what's going on, how, how are things being done, is there any issues, any problems? And we go straight to Akoya, and she makes a comment, basically something to the effect that there's like an earthquake under the under the under the ocean or under the sea or whatever. And and uh, Scarlet Witch asks, i uh, not Scarlet Witch, uh, Black Widow asks her, well, how are you handle it? And she basically tells her we're handling it by not handling it. Do you think that is a a nod towards us possibly getting Namor? A hundred percent.
0: I I told you before. Um... I know the perfect way that you could set up Namor um, and Dr. Yep. Doom for a Black Panther sequel. I'm sorry. When mm-hmm. I heard that, I was just like, oh, cool, Namor's coming. Like, that, that's the first thing I immediately thought. Like, everyone was laughing, and I'm like, no, 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 no. That was serious. That's a Namor reference. Um, and the fact that she was saying it was off the coast of Wakanda, I also thought was, yep. really, was really awesome. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I think if you're Ryan Coogler, now that you have the rights to Doom. So, like, you have rights now to where you can just have fun with Black Panther, and I think the best sequel, since you've made one of his sworn enemies, his friend, and, um, and uh, M'Baku, I think the best thing to do would be to do Namor, since you can't do a solo Namor movie, because, like the whole, Universal owns the rights, and they are very
1: stingy. Um, so,
0: yep. yeah, why not make Namor the villain of Black Panther too? So, yeah, as soon as I heard that, I immediately assumed it was Namor.
1: Yeah, I did, too. I did, too. I, I looked at the guy next, you know, sit, next did he did she say what I think she said? And he was like, yeah, man, we might get Submariner, man. I was like, I thought I heard that. And, he, and I don't even know this guy. This guy just gives me a high-five in the movie theater. Like, you know what I'm saying? The guy was sitting to my left. He just gives me a high-five, man. Like, we were on the same page immediately. Um, so, yeah, <laughs> I, I was loving that. I, I definitely was loving that, man. So, um, then, of course, you know, after all of that, and then all of them are gone, and stuff a War Machine, and War Machine stays there and talks to her, and lets her know what's going on with Clint, and you can find out Clint is basically on on a killing spree. You know, he's basically just going off. He's lost everything. Family's gone. Um, he's definitely upset with all the criminals out there that are that survived the snap. You know, while his family, you know, is gone. And he just straight loses it. So we kind of got back to Clint in in, in that aspect. And you can see the closeness and the hurt in uh, Natasha's eyes. And I like the way they played that, though, because we found out through the course of this movie, um, they they spent a lot of time just showing you how deep they're, uh, they're caring and their friendship for one another because they got a deep history, basically.
0: See, I. I slightly disagree with that take. Um, I was confused that it had seemed like Natasha hadn't seen Clint in five years. Um, I'm not saying she didn't. I'm saying it seemed like she hadn't seen him in five years. Um, to me, that was confusing. You guys were the equivalent to brother, brother and sister. And he lost, he loses his family. To me, my, my, What upset me the most is, because people are going to say, well, maybe she didn't know that he lost his family. When Thanos snapped, the first person you should have tried to reach out to while you were reaching out to Stark and everyone was him. And then when you find out that he is still alive, even if it is that he's out here killing people for whatever reason, once you find out that he's alive, you, you reach out to him. You reach out to him, you let him know that he needs to come home. He needs to come home to you guys. Um, and the fact that it took her as long as it did for her to actually go reach out to him um, was confusing to me. I I, I didn't get it, Um, and and maybe I'm missing something here. I'm open to to admitting that, but that just made no sense to me.
1: Well, you don't think that maybe – well, I'm not saying – I'm sure she could have found out, but I was just thinking that maybe – you don't think that a lot of folks that knew her and cared for her were were intentionally not giving her that info because you see when she asks uh, when she she talks to uh, you know she's talking to Rodi and she was just like uh, basically you know you know let me know where he is or if you found whatever the whole nine yards he kind of hesitates and pauses like Natasha you know she basically had to drag you know kind of lean on him and like she's calling in a favor like a friend for a friend please let me know where he is. Um, that's kind of the way that I took it, um, that maybe uh, she may have heard of some things were possibly going on and some things were going down and she didn't want to believe everything she was hearing, even though she knew they were probably were true, but hearing it from somebody like Rhodey, um, you know, that kind of really cemented basically what she already knew. And she knew she could lean on him to get the info that she needed. That's just kind of the way I took it. But I get what you're saying. But, I definitely, but
0: that's, it. that's, That's my issue to why I hated that they took five years to make that jump because you're telling me in five years you didn't reach out to him to bring him back to the fold? That's why I said five months made more sense. You told me five months had passed. I would say, okay, it makes sense, five months. she's kind of like maybe he just needs to kind of work through this. Um, But five years? That's like the equivalent of, like, your best friend loses, like, his wife to something tragic. And it takes you five years to reach out and to console them. It's like, well, no, I don't need it now. Like, I needed it five years ago when it happened. So, to <laughs> me, that's, like, so many things of you going five years ahead just is, is super confusing. Like, I'm trying to think, and I'm, obviously I'm not comparing the two. Um, but when we had our personal tragedies, um, a la the you know, the stuff that happened in New York and stuff like that, I don't think right. it took five years to rebuild. Um, and again, I'm not comparing it to, I'm just saying five years, that's so much time and you now have to fill in voids for why five years had, uh, you know, to what everyone was doing in the course of five years. To me, five years only made sense for Iron Man because, you know, uh, obviously we see what happened in, in the course of the five years for him. And it really bothered mm-hmm. me that it took five years for a rat to get on top of Ant-Man's van, like, just a lot of five years has really bothered me, is, is my point.
1: <laughs> well, then you've already jumped to who, let's, let's be perfectly honest, who really killed Thanos. It was the rat. Because the, the rat is the hero of this movie. Like, let's not mistake me, Because he set this thing in motion by helping Scott. Uh, he's touching the button or whatever in the van or whatever, and Scott you know gets out of the, uh, the quantum realm and he... You know he has a chance at some point to go to the Avengers with his uh, with his idea of how they could possibly get everything back. But before we get totally into that, I want to uh, talk about something that I know you have a real issue with because even though I couldn't respond at the time because I was uh, I think I was a little doing something, I saw you on one of your lives uh, talking to uh, talking to some folks about <laughs> Scott's daughter and. How in the world did she all of a sudden look like she aged? What about, what that five years span look like she aged about, what, 10? I mean, like, you know, that was crazy, and I noticed it too.
0: Okay, Chris, this is all I'm saying. This movie, right, uh, Infinity War, we know ends around the same time Ant-Man and the Watch ends. His daughter mm-hmm. looks no older than eight years old. And I'm not the best at math, but I know 8 plus 5 is not 21. And that woman looked like she was old enough to drink. And you can't tell me that that's a teenager. Because if you're telling me teenagers look like that now, the whole world's in trouble. The whole world's in trouble. That's not a teenager. I'm sorry. I, I'm scroll. sorry. It's not. It's not. It, it, had, it had to be something. It had to be something. That, <laughs> that is not his daughter. Like, when, when she came to the door, I'm like, oh, it's going to be Scott's ex-wife. They're going to cry about losing losing their daughter. And then I'm like, who is this girl? Like, the whole time, I'm completely clueless. Other people around me are like, oh, And I'm like, oh, what? And then he's like, Cassie. I'm like,
1: Cassie?
0: I'm like, hold on. It's at, it's at five years, not 15, right? It, what did I miss? And everyone around me is like, it's not that big of a deal. She's a teenager. And I'm like, a teenager? I'm, no, 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 no! Y'all just want to be blind. There's no way that eight-year-old went five years ahead of time and looks like that. Sorry, nope, not buying it. Not buying it whatsoever.
1: Yeah, and she would have been so at thirteen, fourteen, or whatever. There's no way she looks anything like a thirteen or fourteen-year-old in this movie. The only thought not that at all. I had with yeah, the only thought I had with this, and I still think it was a a, uh, a poor idea if this was the case is that um, you're trying to make it work for this movie. But by the same token, even though it hasn't been a a greenlit yet to where I've seen, but if there is another uh, Ant-Man movie or Ant-Man and Wasp or whatever, um, I'm wondering were they trying to play it off and think ahead so maybe they could use her um, to interact with uh, Scott and Hope in this movie, maybe even become stature. Um, and and yes. become her character um, in the next film, and that's the only thing I can think of when I saw this.
0: Yeah, I mean, but see, to me, that's why I said you don't put time restraints around things because it boxes mm-hmm. you in. Because now you're obviously Ant Man in the Watch Three or whatever you're going to call Ant Man Three or whatever. There's going to be a conflict where she wants to be like her dad and her stepmom, um, and I think that's what will. Turn her into stature, and she will be the first domino um, in the mini dominoes that will be the new Young mm-hmm. Avengers. After young you Avengers, get T'Challa yep. out, right. After you get T'Challa out, Captain Marvel out. Because remember, in Captain Marvel the sequel, we could possibly get Kamala Khan that could also be part of the, the Young Avengers. Um, awesome. So to me, that's, that's obviously what you were doing, and I'm completely fine with that. But the biggest issue I have is. Um, that's not five years. It's just not. <laughs> it's that's not. That's <laughs> my biggest issue. You could have casted someone who looks 15 years old. That is not 15 years old. And to be fair, I don't see many 15-year-olds. So I could be wrong on, on how evolution looks in today. Um, so I'll be the first to admit that. But I, in 25 years, have never seen a 15-year-old look like that. She looked like an adult. Like, she was old enough to yes, an and vote So, to me, <laughs> I, I see obviously they were trying to set up Young Avengers. To, again, I'm completely fine with that. Um, I would have preferred if maybe Stark's daughter wasn't as young as she is. Um, but who knows? If they age the way that uh, uh, Ant-Man's daughter did, before we know it, Stark's daughter would be 32. So, who knows? But to me... <laughs> putting five years to it and then making her look that old, n- not the smartest of ideas.
1: Yeah. Anybody who didn't catch that who, who doesn't know um, she does um, in the comic book. There's a couple of different versions of her depending on, um, you know, what, what earth we're talking about, but she has the powers just like her father. Um, she's able to, you know, to uh, grow. She's able to shrink down the ant size, um, you know, Sometimes her powers can be kind of controlled by her emotions a little bit. So her father has to help her with that. But I do think we'll see her at some point, And you nailed it, whether that was the intention in this movie or not. Um, I, I, I'm pretty sure that we're going to see her as stature at um, the MCU at some point. Um, but, yeah, so, uh, but yeah, the, the rat was the hero of the movie. So let's go on and get that out there. Um, the rat really defeated Thanos. Um, if, if, we, if we're really being, if we're really being frank about it, uh, <laughs> the, 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 trick, the trickle down theory. But um, yeah, so um, so then to the next touch, what you feel about Professor Hulk, man? I
0: hate it. I hate it. Uh, you robbed me. Um, that that that's the that's the only thought I had every second <laughs> I saw that man. You robbed me. You had Infinity War. You had him get punked out um, in the first ten minutes of the movie, right? And then he spends the right. entirety of the movie refusing to come out. So then you fast forward to Endgame, and I personally thought we were going to see Banner for a good portion of this movie, and that um, something could have happened. Because I always thought Natasha was going to die in this movie. Um, I thought we were going to get did. a moment where Thanos... Um, that was my pick. I, I always thought that, uh, especially when I heard she was getting her own movie. I was like, oh, no, 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 no. This is going to be a prequel. There's, there's no way you're doing a movie about Natasha now. Um, so that was my mindset. So I always had it worked in my head. It was going to be a scene where she, she's trying to do something sneaky to take out Thanos. He catches her, kills her, Banner freaks out, turns into the Hulk. We get World Breaker Hulk um, just mm. trashing Thanos. Um, and then obviously Thanos uses the stone to, to kind of neutralize him. But we get that moment where it's like to anyone who doesn't know World Breaker Hulk, if you watch Dragon Ball Z, picture the Hulk going Super Saiyan. That's what World <laughs>
1: um,
0: is. So I thought we were going to get a moment like that. And now, because what I kept thinking, Chris, was remember how awesome it felt to see um, Berserker, Wolverine, and Logan? Like how it just felt yes. so right because we had never yes. had it. Um, I thought we were going to get a moment like that because remember, Thor Ragnarok was Planet Hulk all, all mixed up in one. And if Indeed. you're a comic book fan, you know Planet Hulk does give us Worldbreaker Hulk. Um, he feels betrayed by the Avengers. Um, he feels slighted that they were responsible for Planet Hulk, I believe, blowing up. Um, and he turns into a World Breaker Hulk um, that I believe Sentry had to end up coming out and, and defeating him. But anyway, um, you robbed us of that. And for you to give us Professor Hulk, um, I, I thought it was just so cheap. It was cheap. I get it. You did it. So when Hulk ended up doing what he did to, to kind of save the day, um it made more sense cuz obviously banner couldn't do it but to me it was cheap and it was a waste of of the hulk
1: yeah th- there was no way you could have convinced me before this movie that we weren't going to see the hulk just come out like straight badass in this movie you could not convince me of that after everything they showed us um uh, back in uh, infinity war and um you know almost like you know the hulk wouldn't come out to come out and and all that. I just knew. I said, man, oh, man. And then they didn't show us any of that in the trailers. I said, man, I bet you the Hulk is going berserk in this one. And it never happened. So that would probably be one of my few, uh, added to the few disappointments that I really had about this movie. Um, But as far as him, the whole Professor Hulk angle, if you're going to go that angle, Okay, if that's the angle you wanted to go, I would have loved to have seen. Now, get I get it, you know, Juwan. It's already a three-hour movie, so how much more can you add to it? You know, before you know it, we're looking at a four-hour movie, four and a half-hour movie. But if you were going to pursue that angle, at least somewhere in there, you have to find a way, in my opinion, to show us a little something on the screen, show us the Mm -hmm. whole transition, instead of you just telling us how you we're able to go in there and, and, and merge the two personalities. If, you, if this is the route you're going to go and not give us that hope, that berserker Hulk, are you going to ride with this? I do think that the fans deserve to see to see uh, the journey or the transform, transformation to this.
0: Yeah, I think you could have Just my thought thoughts. to see. Let's see, again, that's why I hate five-year jump, because it justifies it. Five years justified because you, you're you now telling me in the course of five years, he completed this, this, um this transaction, not transaction, but transition uh, or transformation. Right. I'm sorry. Um, but if you had said five months later, you could have had it in the movie that he completed this transformation. Like it's a scene to where you kind of hear him talking and it sounds like, like Ragnarok. And then all of a sudden he sounds like Banner. Um, and you're kind of like, what, what just happened? And he's like, I made a deal with the big guy, and we're, we're one. Um, and then you get the smart Hulk, but he's, like, beating people up and stuff like that. But now you kind of have, like, this, this um, teddy bear Hulk that kind of just seems yeah. like he's calm, doesn't let nothing bother him. You didn't even really see him have any action um, in, in the end fight. So it was just, to me, it was a waste. I was really disappointed because I've, I've loved what Mark Ruffalo has done with the character. I think he's done an amazing job. But I kind of feel like this movie was the bookend to his character. Because the next time you see him, it will be more of a mentor role. But I don't think you'll see him again So, like, eight years from now when they do another Avengers film. Um, so, to me, if you're doing that, it, it's frustrating because it's like you could have given him his moment. All the other Avengers, like the main six, had their moment except for the Hulk. You robbed, that, you robbed us of, of getting a moment from him. And it's truly bothersome. Uh, so, no, I, I'm I'm definitely um, against you turning him into Professor Hulk um, and robbing us of getting a world-breaker um, Hulk and just a really cool moment of seeing him just completely Hulk out and have a great action scene.
1: I agree. I agree. And, and I do believe that's the Hulk uh, that we're going to get, the mentor role, uh, the banner situation as far as the uh, – the brains because um, I was doing another uh, podcast with a group of guys that asked me to be on their podcast. Matter of fact, shout out to Comic, book, comic Books and Brews. And the question came up at the round table, like, well, you know, well, we're going to get to the part, but everybody who's seen the movie know that Tony's gone. So that's that's some brains gone from the outfit right there. So what are they going to do? And I said, well, you got you got the Hulk now. I mean, you got Hulk now or Professor Hulk or whatever. Uh, I, I presume that uh, Scott Langer I guess is going to be around So he's got some brains there And that's probably what they're going to ride with Unless at some point At some point down the line Hank McCoy gets added to the mix um, we, we we could possibly well, see Hank McCoy At some point as an Avenger Before we ever see him uh, in, the, in the X-Men That's a possibility
0: Well we have to remember The smartest mind in the MCU right now Is Shuri um, It's not there mm-hmm. Um it it's, it's not True. Scott, it's not even Hank. It's it's Shuri. She's the smartest of them all. Um uh, and it's because of the resources she has since she was a baby. Um over in Wakanda. So I I think if you're looking for and uh shout out to my um my, my co-host Joel, he threw this idea out there. You could cuz remember in the newer comics, Riri took over for Tony yep. Stark. Shuri True. could be Riri and could be the one that mm. takes over that um that Iron Man mantle. I personally wouldn't have that much of an issue with it. I kind of always like the idea of Shuri taking over for T'Challa. Um right. you know, when when they decided to pass the mantle on. Um but who knows? Maybe they have T'Challa get with storm and they have a kid and that kid is who takes over the mantle. Who knows? Um, but as far That'd as mine, that would be great. That uh oh, oh, just fingers crossed. Um, But as far as um, smartest minds, I definitely want to make sure people remember. I know you know, but I want people who are listening who maybe don't really uh, remember. Sure is brilliant. Um, And I definitely think she has what it takes to take over the mental genius of Tony rather than you having to do it by
1: committee. Oh, yeah, that's not even a question that's not even a question and i and i'm pretty sure that they're going to do a great job with this exploring and reminding folks just how genius that she really is um you know black panther 2 or uh, and whatever else she ends up in but i i think that but that iron, uh that possible possibility of her uh donning an iron man suit or becomes an iron woman suit or whatever i think that would be pretty awesome as well but um whatever they you know they you know they're going to do with her i think is going to be great um so time travel, man. Time travel. So we're basically, you know, we hear here. Everything's in motion. Um, everything goes down, and you know, Scott has already presented his plan to him. and they're trying everything out. And we see it's uh, not quite working the way they wanted to work out because the Hulk has already admitted that's not his expertise. So they're fiddling around with it, and of course, we see Scott's language. I thought was, uh, I thought was was hysterical, man. It was crazy watching him they they're using him as a test subject, and he they zap him away and he comes back and then you know you know one minute he's a uh, he's a baby he's a kid he's an old man inside that suit. I thought that was pretty funny um and especially his lines after the fact that he's talking about uh somebody uh, uh, peed in his pants or a suit or whatever or or it could have been him or whatever but I thought that was crazy um but and then uh I think. The part that I really, really liked, and you may not like it because I know you've been having some gripes as far as some of the stuff that they did with with Clint. But I like the way they showed him coming back um, when they ultimately, uh, you know, get everything together and they really want to attempt it now to see if it really works. The time trial really works. And he steps in immediately and says, I'll do it he's pretty much at that point once again. I got nothing else to lose, and if there's any way this thing could work because I got to have my family back, I'm willing to risk it all.
0: Yeah. <clears throat> Excuse me. I, I was completely fine with that. I, I completely understood where he was coming from. I, I think my any issues that I have with, um, with Hawkeye uh, was the fact that you introduced him as Ronan uh, and then turned him back into Hawkeye. I hated that so much. Um, But, yeah, I I love that scene. And I love that you actually got to see him go back, um, pick up the catcher's mitt, um, kind of see his family, uh, kind of feel his family being there, but couldn't actually see him because he got sent right back. Um, That was a very
1: emotional moment. I I love that moment. Yeah, man, I thought that was great. I think they played that just right. One thing that I almost forgot, and I don't know how I almost forgot this, because it definitely probably should have been the subject just before this one. All right, so we already talked about Professor Hulk. I'm not quite sure. I wasn't quite sure initially how I felt about Fat Thor. When I first saw it, I said, okay, uh, he's going to be Fat Thor for half a second or whatever. Then, figure something out. Later in the movie, he's not going to be so fat anymore which in a way he wasn't, because by the time they got to the battle scene, I think they, you know, they fixed all that. You hardly even noticed it. But um, the first time I saw it, that was kind of a drag for me. I was like, I understand that Thor lost a lot, and I understand that he feels like everything is his fault, and, you know, he, he didn't do it. You know, he didn't uphold his word and uphold, you know, Asgard and all that. But the second time I saw it, it wasn't as much as a focus to me as it was when I saw it on Friday night, and I, I kind of lived with it. What do you think about Fat Thor?
0: Um, I, I know this. I don't want to see it in Guardians 3. Um, it, it's, it's not funny <laughs> anymore. Um, you know, once, once this movie ended, that was about all I've had, you know, all I wanted for that comedy. Um, and, and when I mean comedy, I mean the sense of him being fat. I don't need it going forward. Um, to me, I, I don't care how you explain it. Just bring Chris Hemsworth back. Uh, whoever, you know, whoever that fat suit was that he was wearing, I'm good. I'm good. It was funny. It had its moment. I don't need it going forward. Um, it, it, it didn't, honestly, it didn't bother me. Um, I actually watched Age of Ultron um, before I saw Endgame, <laughs> and I remembered Hemdale I remembered uh, telling him that he would be the reason Asgard falls. Um, and in
1: if, right. if you
0: remember Ragnarok, he was the reason um, Asgard fell. Yep. Um, and it was just, it was so much that he had put on his shoulders. He felt as though he was the reason Asgard mm. had fallen. Um, he had felt that he was the reason Thanos was able to get off that snap. Um, so I could understand. I mean, Thor, uh, you know, Thor with beer is the equivalent to women with ice cream. Um, like when they're going <laughs> to something, they go through Ben and Jerry. Thor did that with beer, so I mean, I I could see him
1: getting a beer belly,
0: but um, but like I said, I only need it for this movie, not going forward.
1: I totally agree, one hundred on that. So were you surprised to see Meek in court, right, which I thought was um, the little part was really funny, man. Um, uh, I
0: I won't say I was surprised to see them. I had assumed that they escaped with um, excuse me, uh, with Valkyrie. Uh, Valkyrie. Obviously, yeah. I didn't. I didn't 100% know. I just had, like, a, a feeling that they escaped with them. It was good to see him. Um, I mean, they're hilarious. And for people who don't know, Korg is actually voiced in MOCAP by the director, Taika Waititi, um, the director mm-hmm. of Thor Ragnarok. Um, so I, I think he does a great job with Korg. And, and that's a character I don't mind seeing going forward. Um, but, yeah, it wasn't a huge shock to me that they were still alive.
1: Yeah, I think they fit in awesome um, if we get to see them again in some kind of way um, in the next Guardians movie, being that we probably feel that Thor is probably going to be attached to it, um, even if it's just a quick cameo. Um, they, they they can figure it out. Um, Hemsworth says he's around to play Thor as long as they wanted to play Thor. So I don't think we've seen the last of those guys, man. I, I thought that, I thought they were really funny, especially in the scene when they're playing uh uh, what's the name of the game? Uh, Fortnite. Yeah. And, uh, and, and he gets on there and he tells him, Thor, that guy, whatever, his name is on there again, whatever, anything. Thor gets on the headset and just like, basically lays dude out on there, and cuss, well he cuss him out, but he, he, you know, he told him off or whatever, but I thought that, I thought that whole scene, you know, fit in right well with the, uh, the comedy aspect of it. Um, yeah, so, yeah, so they're there in New Asgard, and that's a whole nother story. Um, But the way they played that was was, was pretty decent. And we'll probably see Valkyrie down the line um, heading off things. I'm going to be real interested to see what they do with her uh, because we know that we're going to see her again at some point. But, um, yeah, so I guess moving on. um, So we were talking about time travel just before that. So they get everything straight. Time travel works. We see them in the quantum realms. Uh, We see them in in those suits. And all of a sudden – they start the time travel. and They come up with a plan on how they're going to um, get out there and retrieve the stones. So they're going to go back. And to me, an absolute brilliant uh, masterpiece of a scene, in my opinion, of course, is when they go back in the battle of New York. And I know the first thing that pops in my mind is when they get there, and we're seeing scenes from the Avengers, uh, from the first Avengers movie. I did love what they did with the Hulk in this particular aspect. We saw the, uh, you know, the uh, from the Avengers 1, we see the Hulk smashing, jumping, just wrecking havoc, tearing things apart, and then, you know, capping them, telling him, so yeah, you know, you got to go out there and, you know, and do the same thing, basically, you know, make it look good. And then you see Hulk go over there and he just barely pounds the car and just hardly throws it over. As much as I wasn't really for the, Hope aspect, uh, the uh, Professor Hope aspect of it, if you're going to play it this way, I, I thought that particular part was pretty funny.
0: Yeah, I mean, I, I didn't have any issues with that, but uh, I, I kind of favored what came after. So I don't want to get too far ahead, but I, I favored um, his moment with Ancient One more than, um, definitely more than yeah. than, uh, than anything else, really, in that return to New York.
1: Yeah. Did you? Um, well, just speaking of that, I mean, we pretty much want to mix all this in anyway. Were you surprised to see the ancient one? I was totally shocked. It made sense, but I was totally shocked when I saw the ancient one um, appear in this movie. Um.
0: Yes. Yes. I was going to lie to you and say no, but yes, I was. I was shocked to see her. <laughs> um, Because, I mean, you you always get, um, you know, curious about, like, all right, cool. If if we've known that the Sanctum Sanctorum has existed for centuries um, in New York, how is it you you weren't doing anything when the Battle of New York was happening? Turns out she was. She was protecting the Sanctum Sanctorum. Um, So, I mean, I I thought that was a stroke of genius. But what stood out to me the most in that scene, um, more so than anything, um, was two lines of dialogue she had. One, where Hulk goes, I'm looking for Dr. Strange, and she goes, "Yes, he's not yes. Dr. Strange yet. He's five blocks down. You're you're five years too early. Oh, um, too I, early. Love yep. I, I, I love that. I love that. And then I love when he told her he gave us the stone, and she's like, why would he do that? And he goes, I don't know. And she, she kind of had that moment to where she goes, if I don't give them the stone, could I be would change would change his history. Um, and she kind of has that moment to where she's like, I have to trust um, Strange. I have to trust him. I have to trust him enough to know that if he gave up that stone, that I specifically told him not to give up under any mm-hmm. circumstances, it had to be for a good reason. So that, to me, spoke volume. Um, and it made me kind of uh, sad because, like, I had always wanted to see more of the Ancient One. I would have loved to have seen... Me too. Um, Her to have a chance to see how far Doctor Strange has come, um, and how he was smart enough to plan this out. Um, because don't get it twisted, he planned this out, he saw it. Oh, no question, Um, in game, yeah, in game, Doctor Strange saw. So, to me, I, I thought that was such a stroke of genius to add that in. Like, a lot of people were like, Oh, it didn't matter. No, that mattered a ton. Um, that scene of dialogue between the two of them,
1: yeah, so. Yeah, that was awesome. Totally shocked me. One of the better scenes in the movie. One of the most memorable scenes in the movie for me. And they played it perfectly to a t- even even to punching uh, temporarily punching Banner <laughs> out of the Hulk's body, and the Hulk's just laying there, basically like a like a coat. He's just he's just there, um, basically like a rag doll. Um, perfect scene there. But yeah, during that whole battle, um, the whole battle scene in New York was was, was action packed. Um, it, it was hilarious. Uh, there was a lot of throwbacks throughout the whole movie, but especially during this part too, through some of the uh, the other Marvel films and um, it, it was totally, totally awesome. The, I had an idea when uh basically when they went through the whole deal, uh, the whole battle inside the of course they were inside the building and reacted to some of the scenes, but they ended up losing the stone. Okay, and there was some classic scenes that we saw from uh, Winter Soldier. Uh, we saw some, from some of the other movies, but there was a classic scene. Um, the classic scene where they went to. Um, let me think for a second. Where they went to, they looked at each other and thought everything was lost. They lost the stone. Basically, Loki got the stone, and he basically hauled ass. He was up out of there. And uh, Tony you know, looks at uh, looks at Cap, and basically says he whispers something to him. He's like, "Are you sure?" And they don't tell Ant Man basically where they're going, what they're doing. And they traveled back to the 70s. In um, to both find that both Hank Pym and Tony's father were basically in the same place. I thought they were brilliant. And I love seeing the Ant-Man helmet as well.
0: Yes, I'm glad you brought that up. That was so iconic to me. Um, and it further upset me because I remember when they first said they were making Ant-Man. I was so angry when I wasn't getting Hank Pym as the main character and they were giving me Scott freaking That's Lang. Who I wanted. Um I exactly. was just like I was like, Oh, come on. I already have to get over the fact that you made Ultron in Starks Vision um, instead of uh, Hank Pym's but now you're telling me that Hank I'll never Pym. get mm-hmm. a young Hank Pym, I'll have to get a young Scott Lang. Oh, uh, it infuriated me. But I ended up enjoying um, so to see that classic helmet, just it felt so good. It felt so good. The only thing that would have topped it is if we, um, if we had like a shot of Janet's original costume, like the the yellow yes. one that we know from yes. the comics.
1: I would have yes. lost my
0: mind. Yes. Um, but who knows? Maybe we might get some kind of fusion of that for for um, uh, Scott's daughter. Uh, maybe they go outside of what the the characters design looked like in the comics, and they kind of blend it um blended between the two who knows who knows i just know that seeing that helmet just set everything right for me
1: yeah that that was totally awesome and then you also got to see um during that uh you know during that whole exchange uh when, when tony gets to talk to his father and, and he's standing there and of course we get to see, we not only see him but we saw jarvis we saw jarvis there and um That whole conversation was priceless. It almost, for a second, led me to believe that towards the end of it, even when uh, uh, Howard asked Jarvis, you know, have we ever met that guy, we know that guy, it was almost to me it's like Howard felt something. Like he kind of felt something in that moment that either he knew something or he felt that there's something that he should know um, about Tony. Right.
0: Yeah, I, I I thought those scenes between the two of them were beautiful. Um, I I loved every second of it. I love the fact that we know Stark not to be a hugger, um, but embrace yeah. that moment so much. Be, becoming a father um, has changed Stark for the better. Um, so to see his dad again, he hugged him, because now he realizes how difficult it is to raise a kid um, and be a genius uh, at the same time. Like, not only is the kid depending on you, but the world is depending on you. Um, so I think he felt that. So I think all that, that hatred, And and stuff that he felt for his dad. I think Civil War washed a lot of that away. But I think becoming a father just obliterated all that hate um, that he had for his father. Iron Man, too, actually dug deep into a lot of that also. Um, But I thought that was beautiful. I also teared up a bit when you see Cap walk by and see Peggy. Um, And in that moment where he wants, I'm sure he wants to go run up and hug her. um, You know, historically, he had already been dead. Uh, Well, technically frozen. So um, you can't just go run up to her and hug her. Um, So I I thought that moment was was, was beautiful. Um, So both those moments kind of teared me up a bit, and I was like, man, they're going to kill Steve and and Tony at the end of this movie. Like, I don't know how I'm going to get through this. Um, But, yeah, both both (laughs) very sad.
1: Yeah, neither. I didn't get uh, too emotional till towards the end of the movie, but I would say that the Peggy scene did kind of get me. Um, I'm, I'm a fan of Haley Atwell. Um, I'm probably one of the very few folks on this earth that, even though I knew it wasn't going to last, I did enjoy watching uh, Agent Carter. Uh, I, I just did. I, I just kind of liked it for what it was. Uh, we saw some of the folks that we ended up seeing in the movies later. J- Jarvis was there, uh, you know, was was there during the, uh, some of the episodes. Um, I, I did like it. So to see her and to look to see how genuine. Chris Evans portrayed uh, Steve Rogers' um, affections for her. I, I think he did an excellent job. I think they did an excellent job with that overall. Because I know it had been hard for me, bro. I know I wasn't supposed to do it, but seeing her and, and looking through that glass and seeing her the way he did, it had been hard for me <laughs> not to say something. That, but uh, hey, you know. hey, 100%, man. hey,
0: hey, a hundred percent, man. I tell you what one thing Haley, Haley is beautiful, so I mean, I, I would have seen him like, hey, yo, sorry, I'm messing up time, but you gotta come give me a hug or something, like, all right. sorry, I'm sorry,
1: <laughs> ain't no way it's I'm just looking at that
0: and walking away.
1: It's got to go down. Yeah, and of course, the classic, <laughs> uh, <laughs> look, man, um, that scene in the elevator, though, the scene in the elevator was funny, and almost everybody in the movie theater, pretty much just about everybody got that, you can tell that just about everybody had seen the scene before, but of course, when he's in the elevator, and uh, you know, looks like he's they—they're basically on to him. He's about to get attacked or whatever, and and, and uh, Cap uh, leans over, and uh, before they can make a call, and whispers out, Hail Hydra, pure genius, man, pure genius." Oh. I died laughter. Oh, a hundred percent, a hundred percent. I I
0: love that because we got to remember in that moment. Um, those guys um, have no idea that um, that Cap has any idea of what's going on. So the idea yep. that um, Captain America in that moment uh, is portraying himself to be a Hydra agent, that to them probably blew their minds. They're like, whoa, 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 whoa. Did, did we miss a meeting? Like, what's, 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 what's going on here? Uh, and was <laughs> yeah, yeah. it was a stroke of genius to bring back Robert Redford. Yeah, they didn't get the memo. It was a stroke of genius to bring back Robert Redford. Um, Like I said, whenever someone asks me, like, do I have to watch all the movies to get Endgame? No, not really. For you to feel it, for you to feel it, it's a callback to all the movies. Like, every last major movie um, of the MCU has a callback. Like, as much as people hated Dark World, that has a callback. As much as people might have hated, um, you know, Iron Man 2 or Iron Man 3, like, uh, First Avenger. Like, there's so many callbacks. Um, whether it's dialogue or actual scenes. So, yeah, all those movies are important because you feel it when you see it in game. You kind of just go, oh, no, they took it back to that? They were in the elevator? Like, I know a lot of people when we were screaming, like, they're in the elevator. They were like, okay, they're just in the elevator. No, no, no.
1: And Winter Soldier, he he whoops
0: all of them in that elevator. Yes, so he So the does. fact that he avoids that, he avoids that and just says Hail Hydra, it's so amazing to see what this cap, um, the future cat or the present cat that's gone through as much as he has. The cap in 2012 when Avengers came out would have never done that for any reason. Nope. Wouldn't have mattered what he needed to do it for, would have never said that. Um, so just to see how, how much cap has, I don't want to say grown, but just how much he's had to adapt um, to the times and, and just to survive it. Uh, the fact that he would steep, uh, that low to say it Even just to, to utter those words Just kind of shows you how much he's been through
1: Yeah man and then even the scene When of course Cap's fighting Cap Because one thinks the other is Loki And uh, you know we get the uh, You know we get the fight scene Which was pretty epic especially falling as far as They fell down when they were going at it um, But then we get the classic line of course uh, Where Iron Man <laughs> yeah, they had brought it up in in the movie, but then after uh, Cap wins, of course, he looks down and, um, yeah, that's America's ass. That was crazy. That was crazy. I but also, we did a lit up when
0: that happened. I also loved how he threw in Bucky's Still Alive. Like, picture oh, yeah. 2012 Cap hearing that. That That's world shattering. That's, wait, what? Yes,
1: Bucky, true. Bucky's true. Alive?
0: Because um, remember, we're we're a few years out before we get to the event of of uh of Winter Soldier. So that sure that means everything to Cap. That means everything to Cap, the idea that Bucky could still be alive. So again, another dirty tactic that Cap uses, not necessarily dirty, um, but just kinda like somewhat underhanded. Um, you know, just again, shows you he's he's adapted.
1: Alright, so then we get the uh, then of course there's Warmere, um we have uh Widow and uh Widow and Hawkeye. So they're there, they're going after the Soul Stone. Um, they get back there. And there's the scene of course we saw um Warmer, of Course back in the last movie, back in the infinity war. Um and we saw what happened with Gamora there. So the two of them they get there, here comes the uh Rare Skull again, and there's a scene where they fought, um, you know, to want to want to sacrifice themselves, uh, basically so The plan would go in motion, they can get the stone So we basically had uh, Natasha and Clint going At it, battling, fighting Each other uh, to see who Was going to actually go over the edge and Actually die Um, I think you mentioned um, I think you mentioned that you thought that Natasha Might die, I never thought it. I I never thought they were going to kill her I actually thought, I did have to think Back to the time that I was hearing When she was getting the move that it most likely Was going to be a prequel um, like maybe that's what they're doing with her But I never even thought about her dying in this movie But seeing all the signs beforehand How she was struggling and, and suffering And um, through still through loss Still what was going through with Clint I guess I should have suspected it But yeah, they kind of went at it I'm in this one And of course she ends up getting the upper hand in this battle And she ends up being the one that dies
0: I, I'm i going to be completely honest with you. This is going to sound really mean. That scene did yeah. nothing for me. Um, These right. two characters that I, I really could care less. Like, to me, right. what would have broke my heart is I honestly did think, and this isn't even me being revisionist or anything. This is me being dead serious. I thought the, all the original Avengers were going to die in, uh, in some way or fashion, whether it was sacrifices, Thanos killing them. Whatever. Just kill I thought Hulk, Sword, Cap, Iron Man, for sure. Done. Gone. Um, so me preparing myself for that, um, just like in Infinity War, me preparing myself for the idea of Cap or Stark dying or both, um, that Gamora Death didn't hit me um, as strong as uh, I felt when I saw Stark get stabbed. I was like, oh, no. Oh, a part of my soul is leaving. And then when, like, he didn't die, I was like, oh, thank goodness. But, yeah, the Gamora death didn't really hit me that hard. Um, and, and the Black Widow death didn't really hit me that hard. It's, she's always been a character I've always hated being a part of the Avengers. Um, to me, I thought she should have been Nobody with Maria Hillary. <laughs> uh, right, right. No, let, let me be more specific. I have no problem with Scarlett Johansson or the character. I just don't like the idea that she's an Avenger. It really brings nothing. Like, think about it. Think about all the battles they've been through since the first Avengers movie. If you pluck her character out and just, dis, like, disregard it, does it change anything in the history of the Avengers? Nothing. Not a one thing. Not a one thing. Nothing. So, if so if, to me, it's so, like
1: – go ahead. So, so, basically, if they had done more with the character, you think that you may like her a little bit better? Because, I mean, she was a – over the years, she was an integral part of the Avengers, Right, the, the way they
0: use her in the comics, the, the, right. the reason I was, I was ever entertained by Black Widow in the comics is that you always had to worry about the idea of she was a spy. She was brought in as a spy. Now, she was Russian, born. Right. so there was always that True. possibility that she could be a double agent. She could easily switch, um, and I uh, love how they always played off of that. They also played off of the idea of her betraying Hawkeye, Hawkeye hunting her down. Um, and she was yep. just a loyal right hand to Fury all the time. But in this universe, Fury's loyal right hand was Maria, um, who yep. we know in the comics, Maria took over S.H.I.E.L.D. Um, so True. to me, I kind of just thought you always should have used Black Widow like his right hand. Um, have her take over S.H.I.E.L.D. When he, uh, when he died or stepped down or whatever. Um, but to me, you put in her part of the Avengers, unless you had more missions that were, Self-based, um, you know, uh, you know, for her to use like the, her her spy, um, you know, techniques and stuff like that. She really didn't have a place. She really didn't. And I honestly thought Hawkeye didn't have a place unless she made him Ronin. Um So to me, if both of them died at that scene, I I, I wouldn't have really batted it or not.
1: Fair enough. Fair enough. And then we got Morag, where they were going after, uh, what was it, the Power Stone, right? Yeah, they were going after the Power yeah. Stone. And we had uh, the Nebula and War Machine were there, and they were trying to actually get to the stone, I believe, before Star-Lord. And then we had the whole uh, debacle there that went down and with uh, with uh, Nebula uh, slipping up, basically. And uh, your boy Thanos find out what's going on. Um, it finds out that they are actually, not only is there another nebula, um, but that they're there. And then the whole thing just caps off. And, of course, I'm sure you probably heard this, and I wanted to get your, I thought about you the first time I saw this. I wanted to get your opinion on the fact that after the one nebula dies, the other one is still alive. Yeah, um,
0: they, the Hulk explained it. Um, and, and this explanation Um, I'll make for Loki and I'll make for Cap at the end. Um, Hulk said, even um, the Angel one said, if you change something in the past, it then creates an alternate timeline.
1: So, remember,
0: if Thanos does, if Thanos in 2014, that was the year of the Power Stone, that was the year Guardians came out. If Thanos does not hunt for the Power Stone, remember, that then means the Guardians don't form. That then means um, we never get the event of uh, the guys Thanos sent out and um, Guardians. We all it mm-hmm. also means Infinity War never happened. So uh, yeah. in that respect, it created an alternate timeline. So that old uh, Nebula was an alternate timeline. So time when you line. killed yep. her, you erased that timeline. Um, so it's. It, I'll say this. You're, you watch The Flash also, so finally I can use this reference where someone truly understands me. It's, <laughs> it's almost impossible to perfect time travel um, and make it make sense. We've seen Barry create laws and then break them, and then there'd be no consequence. No, um, no, exactly. I, it, it, time travel is always going to be something that, that's always a bit confusing. But remember, you can create alternate timelines by changing events. Thanos never um, encountering the Guardians, never encountering um, Ronan. Um, that's an alternate timeline. You've now changed the, uh, the event of history because instead of him going on that hunt for all those years, he now just directly comes with a gauntlet that already has the stones in it. So you've now created an sure. alternate timeline. So that's how you explain Nebula not disappearing, even though she's not disappearing. obviously just died. Right.
1: Exactly. Exactly. And I've tried to explain that exact same theory. Some people are still, especially across the internet, people are just never satisfied with any explanation. You got to nitpick. Um, and, you know, so there's, there's still talk of that, and people are not happy with that. But it is what it is. Um, so we go through, you know, basically through all those battles and uh, for the Stones and as they go back in time. Um and then basically fast forward a little bit, I'm checking the clock there, fast forward a little bit. So we get to the point basically um where they have the stones and they get back, of course, and they get back and they figure out of course they've lost Natasha. Uh but they must press on. So when they get everything squared away and they're they're creating um I call it the iron the first it was the Iron Man Gauntlet, the Iron Gauntlet or whatever. Um to basically be able to control the power of the stones. Um, and the person, you know, so somebody can wield the power. And they get there, and they're talking about who's going to actually have to do it, who's going to have to be the one to attempt the snap to bring everyone back. So they get there, and the logic comes down to that it's going to be the Hulk that does it um, because of how powerful he, powerful he is, and also to the fact that they're harking back to remember what it did to Thanos, what Thanos looked like after he did it. And then the logic comes out, too, whereas um, the Hulk realizes, he says, well, it's, it's mostly Gamma. And, and it deals with Gamma, so I should be the one. So they get set, they attempt, uh, they attempt you know, they get it powered up, and they attempt to uh, bring everybody back. And the, you see what it does to the Hulk. The Hulk is, is really struggling. Um, the power is actually consuming him. And he struggles, and he struggles, but he's able to complete the snap. And we find out almost immediately that it works uh, because one of the first signs that we see is the phone starts to ring, and even though it's kind of off in the distance, you can kind of tell that it's a woman. A woman, and it ends up being, of course, is his Hawkeye's wife. So they're successful there. Um, Does you like the way they approach this whole thing?
0: Um, yes and no. Um, no, because only higher beings can. Because um, remember. Excuse me. Um, the snap, like right when the snap happened, it looked like all that affected Thanos was um his wrist, his wrist, like a little of his forearm. Um, but it didn't damage his whole arm. After the first snap, um, it was only after he snapped twice that you see it completely obliterated his full arm. So if you're telling right. me a higher being can snap once and still have the usage of his arm, it means Thor should have been the one to use the gauntlet. Um, so you making Hulk be the one that uses the gauntlet, again, goes to you not really caring about the character in this movie and even saying, like, He'll, he's going to lose an arm. <laughs> he's going to pre- pretty much use, <laughs> the use of one of his <laughs> arms. That's how much we don't care about this character in this movie. Uh, it, it it hurt. It, it really did hurt. Um, but, yeah, I mean, I, I think he was lying when he used the gamma line. I think he was using that um, because no one could really argue it. Um, mm. I think he was using uh. that. To, so, so he could have that moment to do something. Uh, he felt like he was helpless. He couldn't really do anything. Um, so I think he lied. Um, now, again, I don't have any proof for that. It's just my theory. I think he lied. I don't think it had any gamma radiation. There's no gamma. In ancient stones that were created before the idea of gamma radiation. Um, uh, so I, I, I don't believe that is, is my theory. But, um, but yeah, it, it was a great scene to see Hawkeye look at his phone um, and see that his wife was calling so that everyone knew that they were back.
1: Right. Yes, indeed. And then, of course, as we press on, we get to, so they ended up having to, you know, everything seems back to normal. Then they get attacked and this is where everything really picks up. They go into battle, all right? It's just basically battle mode. The um, Avengers, uh, you know, the Avengers base and everything has pretty much uh, been shot up. and started to be destroyed, basically, for the most part. And Cap, Thor, and Tony prepare to go do battle with Thanos this time, uh, Gauntlet and all. And they get into a pretty decent battle, the three of them. Uh, basically, Thanos is pretty much waiting on them. The, you know, the three of them get into battle. We see some classic scenes in there. What was your favorite part about the battle with the three of them versus Santa? Uh Well,
0: I'll start at the top. Uh, I love seeing, first of all, <laughs> again, small little uh, nitpick, but still a nitpick nonetheless. How is it that when Thor summoned the lightning, his beard is now, like his beard and his hair were braided? Like how does it <laughs> I, I didn't get how that works. Um, but I did love seeing... Um, Thor summon the lightning and then you seeing the suit come back on um, yes. I, I always love that I yes. always love the visual of that Ragnarok I think did it really 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 well um, but you know what my favorite part of that was we think Thor is about to die you see Mjolnir uh, get lifted <laughs> yes. hit Thanos and then it swings back and then you're like wait it's going past Thor and Cap catches it um, that was yes, again indeed. that's a payoff because if you watch Age of Ultron they were building up uh, to this exact moment. So that's a payoff. Yeah. That's why it's important to go back and rewatch those old movies. Um, but yeah, I, I freaking loved it. And then the idea of Cap attacking with uh, shield and hammer, shield and hammer. Uh, it was. I, I get chills just talking about it. It was such a great scene uh, and a great visual. And I love the fact that it started with the, the big three. Um, technically it's big four because Hulk is in there, but um, it started with Stark, uh, Cap, and Thor, and it seemingly was going to end with Cap, Tony, and Thor. Um, so to see the three of them go up against the Thanos, who had never seen the three of these guys before, has no idea about their power or their skill set. Um, he's completely a novice to to what these guys are capable of, and I love the idea that he put up a great fight against the three of them. When in all yes. in all, like realism, he should have lost that. The fact that he didn't was, was insane. Um, but it was such a great moment to see the three of those guys, those gladiators, go up against Thanos.
1: Man, that was awesome. And you know the movie theater went wild as soon as uh as soon as Cap got that hammer, man. You know like the movie theater was lit up like it's about as loud as they had been at any point Of the movie it it was it was straight crazy But I I love that part and I think They did a great job with the uh The action scenes and even the cgi and that. I think everything was pretty awesome in that So we get that whole battle scene And like you said that they probably should have taken him out but they Um they never take you know they don't Get the chance to take him out um pretty Much all done to get their butts kicked Um and then All of a sudden um You hear something um and you start to see the little uh the little uh red ring that she used to sing with uh with Doctor Strange, and you kind of hear something we've heard before uh we hear uh Falcon's voice and Falcon's voice pretty much while you're down and out he was like uh pretty much on your left and then this kind of goes back if you remember when he first met Falcon and there was that whole scene with them uh with Steve running laps around him <laughs> when it would uh when, uh you know, when Sam is out there uh, working out and, and, and jogging, you know, and he was on your left, on your left. um And I caught that immediately, man, and I ain't going to lie, my heart got kind of warmed in. So if you want to know when I started to get a little emotional, really, in this movie, it was right about at that part, all right? That kind of got me. Um, and then when they started to appear, and the first person that really actually appeared, you know that got me. It was the childhood. Yes, sir. Like, yeah, and you know, I'm like, oh my goodness, this this is you know this this is crazy. So he comes through, you know, I'm losing it. Um, so as most you know, the movie theater starts to lose it. Is everybody else is stepping up and coming out and they're showing these people and they start playing the music. How could you not get someone emotional then? And then we finally, Jawan, after all these years, get to hear those words. And
0: what were they? Avengers
1: a symbol. A symbol. I lost, man, I, I lost it,
0: man. Oh, oh, that so, <laughs> so right. It so, so right. Um and I loved the army. Um the army that they had. That was a
1: huge
0: army. I An mean, army I wasn't yes, expecting. It was. I thought you was bringing the Avengers back. Um I, I loved every, Doctor everything Doctor Strange is one thing.
1: Wakanda. Everybody
0: yeah, again. yeah, all of Doctor Strange's people. I will say the one shot because um, to me, I I don't think the visuals of this movie are talked about enough. The one shot that I thought was epic was right after you see Cap tighten his shield, or what's left of it mm-hmm. and you just see yeah. Cap by himself and you see Thanos and his army. It was very reminiscent. Uh-huh. I don't know if you watch Game of Thrones, but a Battle of the Bastards yes, I do. where you see Jon yes. Snow stand up and it's all of Ramsey and, and his men um, looking off, running towards Jon Snow, and then, boom, the cavalry comes in. Those scenes were identical. Um, and, and both, both uh, shot that, that visual of one versus an army very well. Um, and I just, I loved the visual of that because it was so dark. It was so brooding. And I'm going to be honest with you. I wasn't one of those people that was like, oh, of course Cap is going to survive. The cavalry is going to come in. I thought he was going to die right there. Um, and and I thought he was going to, I thought he was going to use the line. I could do this all day. Um, and then you have Thanos, you know, take him out. That's a line actually from the comics, um, where I'm paraphrasing. He says something along the lines of that and Thanos kills him right there. Um, so I thought that's what was going to happen. I was pleasantly surprised that it didn't. I will say the only issue I had with Sam coming in is that everyone was cheering. or or going crazy over, you know, Cap using Mjolnir and everything. And I thought the smartest thing to do would be to have Falcon come in very faintly, Cap, on your left. And everyone in the theater is kind of like, yo, be quiet. Did did you guys hear that? And as everyone's trying to figure out what's going on and Cap's trying to figure out what's going on, you see Cap kind of put his fingers to his ear and look to his left, and everyone is standing there everyone's standing there walking. Ooh, that would have been deep. Um, And then they line up behind them. And then you kind of see him step forward with Stark and and Thor. And then he gives the battle cry of Avengers Assemble. I think that would have hit 10 times more because you wouldn't have seen it coming. I think when you see it coming, then here, it's great because you heard it. But I don't think the moment is truly appreciated like it would have been if you had slowly crept into it. Um, and, And then you get the big moment of, excuse me, him saying Avengers Assemble.
1: That would have been dope. That would have definitely been dope. And I think some people seem to not get the contrast. If you think about this, all those folks that you mentioned, you didn't expect to see all of those people come back right into battle. And when Cap yells basically Avengers Assemble, you got to think about it. At that point, at that moment, after everything they've been through, especially those those past 5 years they were all avengers they were there to avenge um so everybody you know doctor strange's folks you know wakanda you know all of the other characters the guardians at that point they were all avengers they were all there for that purpose and that and, and that whole deal to me was uh was fire did you catch how it
0: um yeah listen <laughs> just seeing <laughs> that battle take off was just, it was insane. I, I, I would say what kind of left, what left out to me the most, that I kind of wish, obviously we won't now, but I wish we got to see more of, is that back-to-back shot we get of, of Pepper and in, in Rescue, in the costume and yes Rescue. Um, her yes and Iron indeed. Man going back-to-back. I would have loved if we would have had a scene of her, Rhodey, and Stark kind of just causing chaos together. Oh, um, man. So see the this Iron be- family together. Uh, just, just, there's so much we won't see now that, that starts gone that would have been just so awesome that you spend so long trying to build up and now he's gone. Um, but that spoke to me the most. That and then seeing T'Challa run with the gauntlet. I was just like, yeah, yeah. T'Challa, go ahead, man. Ain't nobody about to catch you. Oh, uh, And figures, yeah. <laughs> figures Ebony Ma had to use his powers to stop T'Challa. That was the only way he could stop him. But. As soon as that exactly. battle started, I just I was getting chills everywhere.
1: I did, too. And then um, I, I'm going, you know, people don't, I mean, we talked earlier how people are not totally crazy about Captain Marvel. But I think the, the scene was well placed when they stopped shooting and stopped shooting in the air. And it's like, what are they shooting at? They're shooting at something else. And then she just comes out and starts wrecking that ship. I thought that was pretty dope. Uh, so the, the woman had there doing this one. You, you mentioned rescue. That that scene with all of them together that you referenced earlier was was fire. Um, I, I really loved that. And then to give the woman there due, I do like like I say the the battle between Captain Marvel and Thanos. But I loved the battle between Scarlet Witch and Thanos even more. That that whole scene there. Um, you know, you took everything for me. And he's like, I don't even know who you are. He's like, you will. Man, she almost had him, Juwan. Like, Charlotte Witch almost had him. And I was very, I was skeptical, you know, a while back when they were, they had Miss Olsen deciding to play that character. I was thinking it could have been a couple of other people, but if there was any moment that I loved her in that character, I think she pulled it off, I mean, visually. I mean, facial expressions, everything. I think she was perfect in that scene. She almost had it, too.
0: Yeah, I, I completely, 100% agree with you.
1: Uh, her dad would be very proud
0: of her. Um, for those who don't yes. get that joke, um, her dad is Magneto in the comics. Um, yep. It was just one of those things to where it was just like, she's using every shred of power uh, that she has to just, uh, like, dismember this guy. And if it wasn't for Thanos' quick thinking, she she would have killed him. Uh, she yeah. would have ended it she right had. there. Um, which was confusing, because it was, like, after, like, he shot her and she got knocked down, I'm kind of like, I get it for the story purposes, but it's like, get up and try it again. Like, now don't do it out of pure emotion. Um, be smarter about it. Um, but, no, I, I personally love seeing her kind of let loose um, and now that Marvel owns the the rights to the X Men again, that Scarlet Witch in, in Vision show could open the doors of us seeing a family reunited.
1: Please, 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 please. So <laughs> we get through the whole, <laughs> so we get to the the whole battle scene, and then it comes down to, of course, which everybody knows by now, uh, Tony and Thanos are basically they 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 uh, they're face off and they're fighting and. Basically, uh, it looks like that Thanos has the upper hand, and he's, he has the gauntlet, and then he has him. And then he, of course, uh, there's Tony just sitting there, and, and uh Thanos goes to snap because he believes he has the gauntlet, and he's ready to go back and just redo everything and destroy everything at this point. And he snaps, and nothing happens. And we see Tony there with the uh, the iron gauntlet, as I call it, And he has the stones just that quick. And the one thing I noticed in this particular scene um, when he snaps and he hits us with the classic, of course, I'm Iron Man. Um, And people just lost it in the theater. I ain't gonna front because I knew it was the end right there. I lost it too. But we see that. And as you notice, it was easier for him to complete that snap than it was for the Hulk. And it was perfect for that scene, and there's a lot of theories on why it was easier. Um, could his suit have absorbed some of that power? I mean, we'll never know. But he completes the snap, and that, that's the end of Thanos and, 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 and his whole crew and the whole nine. But we get the classic, I Am Iron Man, of course, which we saw at the very end of the first movie, the first ever Iron Man movie in 2008, when he decides to let the world know. So I thought that that was perfect that they ended it that way.
0: I I loved it too, but what I loved more than that line was Thanos' line that set up that line. I love Thanos telling him, I am the inevitable. Um, And then he goes to snap only for Tony to look at him and go, well, I am Iron Man. And then Snap. snaps. And I'm just like, oh, you ended it the way you began it. Like, oh, my heart is is dying with him right now. Um, But I I loved it. I I loved it. I love that the guy that started it all was the guy to end it all. Um, And I will say to everyone, there is a possibility we will see Stark again now that we have the ability to time travel. Um, uh, Because Gamora not returning back to her past um, and staying in the present means that you have uh, altered, um, or not altered, but you have now created an alternate timeline. Um, That's how she's able to exist. Um, so I think you could absolutely and I'd be fine with it. If you're telling me that um, the next Avengers film is either Secret Wars or X-Men Versus Avengers, um, yep. I mean, you better be bringing Cap and, and Iron Man back. I didn't wait, uh, what is it, 12 years for you to finally get the rights to all these characters, and now I can't see them face off against Iron Man and Cap. No, you better go get them. Um, so I just think RDJ and, and Evans needed a break. And this was a poetic way to give them both uh, a break. And I think it'll be about seven, eight years before we get another Avengers movie, which seems like perfect time for you to just bring them back for one movie.
1: Well, they got paid, especially your boy Robert Downey Jr. I've seen reports of 75 mil, and I've seen reports of 100 mil. But, um, you know, he, he, he's aging, but you could definitely bring him back. But his bank account is not hurting for anything. Um so not at all. He, you know, of course so of course he, he does die. And um, we see the uh, memorial of course for Tony and we notice some of the folks well, they pretty much brought back just about everybody that had meaning to him, even the little kid everybody was wondering about from Iron Man three. Um only, and, and I had Yep, that's that's him. The only thing I didn't that I would have loved to have seen and I know you may not care, but I would have loved to have seen, and I know that he meant more to the Avengers and tomorrow than any than anyone else, but I would at least love to have seen to at least mention, well, they did kind of mention it. They did mention it towards the end, but at least have some type of memorial for Natasha as well at some point, whether it was right there with him or not. But it, it is what it is, but um, I love how they brought everybody else back together.
0: Yeah, I mean, that was just their way of telling you that she didn't matter. <laughs> I mean,
1: that, they were like, oh, man, man don't they, do my girl like
0: that. They were like, they were like, man, I miss her. And it was like, well, you could have kind of, like, held a funeral for her also, but all right, cool. I, I guess just missing her is enough. Um, but, no, what I think what would have made that memorial scene even more touching, and I brought this up on um, our last episode of Geek Lives. Um, I think if you had saved Stanley's Lee's cameo for that, um, mm-hmm. It would have it would have broke everyone's heart. Like, remember where Fury popped up at at the top of the stairs um, on, on the yeah. balcony. If you had had it to Uh-oh. where um, you show Fury at the top of the stairs and he looks over and Stan Lee walks out and just drops a line about or something epic. like that, it would have. because think of, of how symbolic that is. You're, he's looking down on all of the on all of his creation on on what he created. He's looking over them. Um, and it's symbolic because you could say, it, even in his passing, he's still looking over them. Um, that would have made me cry more than seeing Stark die, um, just because of how important this man is to everything we're doing today. Um, so to see him have that moment with his characters, and mainly because his cameo, I think a lot of people didn't catch. It was so quick. It was right when they went back to the 70s. He was the guy in the car. Um, but it was so fast. I don't think anyone really he caught it. And like
1: the old Stan Lee. Yep.
0: Yes, he did.
1: Yep. Um, so they made it look like the old Stan Lee him. in that time period. Yep.
0: Right, right, right. So I think it would have meant more if you had him watching over, um, or even just him attending that funeral would have meant the world to all of his fans. Um, and it would have definitely made diehard Marvel fans cry, because it's so symbolic.
1: True indeed. So And then right at the end, of course, we're there right at the end, and we see... Uh, the Hulk and everyone set up to have Cap go back and put these stones because the, they was on the green. So it was already known that they needed to put the stones back exactly where they found them. So Cap Cap is the one to do it. And there's a conversation and a look between um, basically Hulk tells them we're going to send you off. Um, and then in a few seconds whatever, you know, you want to place all the stones exactly and I'm going to bring you right back. So it's supposed to be a few seconds. They have the conversation uh, of course, Sam says, you "No, know, of course, I can go with you. Um, he was like, no, nah, he didn't let Sam go with him. And there's that look between he and Bucky. Um, and then there's the line, of course, that we remember from First Avenger, um, when he was basically saying, um, you know, don't do anything stupid. And he, and he tells him, no, you, you take all the stupid with you or something like that. We hear that line again, basically reciprocated um, in this one. But there's a – and, 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 Cap, and uh, Cap goes off. Cap, uh, when they turn the machine back on, Cap is not there where they think he's going to be. But they later on, uh, they notice that he there's a gentleman sitting by himself on a bench, and I believe it was Bucky that noticed it was him. And they walk over and they come to find out it is uh, Steve Rogers, but he's aged quite a bit. It looks like he decided to uh, basically – follow through some of Tony's advice and get some of what Tony had and, um, you know, maybe a a family, and uh, and it is exactly what he did, which we know now, of course, that was Caps' plan all along. And I'm pretty sure that Bucky knew it. You can tell by Bucky's face that he's going to do something. Bucky knew initially he's going to do something. And he gives Sam Wilson the shield. How did you feel about that whole thing?
0: Um I, I was fine with it. I mean now we can assume that the show on Disney Plus is called Captain uh, America in, in in the Winter Soldier. Um I think uh Falcon will now go by the name Captain America. I'd prefer him to mm-hmm. go by the name Captain Falcon. Um it's a callback to Smash Brothers and I think it just it makes more sense. Um but he'll mm-hmm. probably go by the name Captain America. And I think soon they will reveal that that's the new name of the show that's coming out on Disney Plus. It was it was great, Um, and it it was it was kind of really awesome to see uh, that moment where he goes, "How does it feel?" And he's like, "Feels like it's someone else's," and he's like, "It's not." It's not. And that that was emotional. That was emotional. That was him telling him that don't don't worry about trying to to be me or carry on my legacy. You just do.
1: You just be who you've been.
0: And I think Cap grew to really love Falcon, the same way he loves uh, Bucky. So the fact that he trusted him to give him that shield um, meant everything. And really quickly, to anyone who was confused on how he left uh, young and came back old, he went through time, skipped the time spot where he was supposed to jump back at, skipped it, instead lived his entire life, and then waited, and then went to that park and waited there for them to then look over and, and, and notice him. That's how he was placed. Um, he, he was placed there um, by his doing. He obviously went back to where Peggy was, um, spent time with her, and also grabbed more uh, uh, whatever the, the particles that Hank Tim had. He grabbed yep. more, and that's how he was able to get himself back. So it's not that confusing. A lot of people were confused by it.
1: Yeah, they're making more out of it. If you really think about it, it's, it's actually, a lot, excuse me, a lot simpler than than it actually seems. Um, so, and the one thing I'll add to that, because uh, we only actually got about five minutes, so the one thing I want to add to that is, I, I thought it was cool with the nod though from Bucky over to Sam, um, telling him to go over there. Because if I remember correctly, actually, while both of them did play, uh, did take the Captain America. Mantle in the comic books, Bucky actually did it first. Um, yeah. So yeah, Bucky actually did it first, so it was kind of symbolic that actually he kind of nodded to Sam as if he knew what was going to go down, um, and that he should be the one to go there and talk to him, um, even though Bucky has known him way longer than Sam did. So I thought that was symbolic. Um, but look, we're not going to get to. I mean, maybe that'll be another, uh, maybe another shortened podcast about as far as what's next. But we got uh, a little less than five minutes. Quickly, give me, now that you've seen this movie, your top five in order uh, MCU movies.
0: Uh, When when I saw that you gave me this as a a, a topic point, it hurt me because I don't count Avengers movies in my top five because it's unfair because you're you're putting all the heroes together. So, of course, that's going to be in the top five. But for the purposes of the show... I'm going to go first Iron Man, Black Panther, Winter Soldier, first Avengers, and then Avengers Infinity War.
1: Um,
0: Endgame, you know what? No. Endgame rounds off my top five. Um, I'll take Infinity War out. So Iron Man, Black Panther, Winter Soldier, first Avengers, Avengers Endgame.
1: Awesome list. Awesome list. And I know a lot of people would disagree with your list, my list. Everybody has their own list. But if I was going, it's kind of hard for me. But I started number five with the one that started it all with me would be Iron Man. Very hard for me to leave Guardians of the Galaxy out of that. And so I'm giving that away. And it's hard for me to leave the first Avengers movie. out of that, But I am leaving those out of my favorite five, but they very well could be there especially me just watching the first Avengers movie for the 80th time. this the other day, realizing how much I, I still love that movie. Um, yeah. Um, maybe shocking to some people, as much as I loved, absolutely loved Infinity War, Infinity War is going to be number four for me. Um, great movie, love pretty much all the aspects of it, uh, but it's number four. Number three for me is Black Panther. Um uh, my favorite character ever in the MCU, way before the movies, but he's going to be number three for me. Number two, I'm going to put Endgame in it, and it lost me for a minute, but it took me for to see it the second time for me to really move up as far as I did. Just the fight scene alone kind of pushes the, the, uh, the final scenes, kind of pushes along for me. And then number one, as far as my favorites, I've been reminded in getting prepped to watch uh, Endgame again, and I know I, when we did this on your show, this wasn't my number one, but I've come to the conclusion it is my favorite still, and it would be Winter Soldier. Winter Soldier is probably yeah. still my favorite MCU movie to date. And, of course, I'll watch some other movies and change my mind, but it'll never get out of my top three. But as of right now, I would definitely say it's my favorite movie uh, for all that it meant and how much of it we saw in Endgame. Um so we only got about a, a minute left, man. I appreciate you joining me on this, man. Um you got any any last words on
0: that? Um no, all I if I can, all I want to promote is the yep. fact that we actually interviewed Luke Ferrigno and the uh creator of Awesome. Um so make sure you guys definitely check that out. O- outside of that, thank you so much for having me.
1: Yeah, and he's over in his Geek Vibes, y'all. Geek Vibes Nation, check them out on Facebook if you, if you haven't. These guys are awesome, um, one of my favorite, favorite groups, and I am a member. And um, it is always, um, if you listen to this podcast for the first time, we are Sports Bar Podcast, SVP. We talk way more than sports. Sports is our anchor, but we talk TV, hip-hop, and all of that. We we'll appreciate it. We'll probably talk to you soon um, because I do want to get into what's next for the MCU. Uh, may not be as long as this podcast, but, but we'll do that again soon. Uh, but always, thanks again, Juwan, for joining us, man. And thanks, everybody, for listening to it. Uh, we love you, 3,000. Absolutely. <laughs>